Hey, good morning, church. Great to be with you again this week. Hope your New Year is going well, and, and you know, all those New Year's resolutions that you made, I hope you're sticking by it. Um, if you're new to PCC or you're PCC regular to PCC online, and you, and you missed last week's, last week's message, um, I just want to catch up on a couple of things. We are in 21 days of a season of focused prayer. We're in day eight. And every year we like to start off the year with, with prayer, um, a focus on prayer, because there's a fundamental belief that we have that is backed by evidence, and that is, a, that, is that prayer changes things. And we all know that, you know, there are some things that you can change, you know, you, that's why you have self-help, and, you know, you can will yourself into some things, and in the natural, you can change some things. But how many of you know that there are some things that are just bigger than, than us? It's bigger than the natural. And for those that you need like supernatural, supernatural, above natural, for the things that are outside of our control, the things outside of the realm of our command, and, and, um, and, and that thing requires prayer. And um, there's, a, you know, there's a belief that we have that God wants to give us all this stuff. But oftentimes we don't get what God has in store for us because we didn't ask for it. And in, in, in James chapter 4, James said, you know, said, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. In case you don't know who James is, James is a half-brother of Jesus. And James didn't believe that his half-brother was God until after he saw his, his brother, you know, his half-brother resurrected from the dead. And, and I, I love listening to James because James has credibility with me. Anybody who can believe that their brother is God um, because he must have seen some evidence because I think about my brother and there's no way he could convince me it was God. He'd probably have to raise from the dead or, uh, you know, or something like that. And, um, but James observed Jesus close hand, so James knows what, you know, what he's talking about. But not only do I believe that, um, but I also believe that that is just God wants to give us up simply based on the relation on relationships, and people do things for each other on the basis of relationships, you know. And you know, for, and we all know that, right? So for a friend, you'll do some things that you probably wouldn't do for somebody else. And in order to maintain relationships, you know, it's based on um, communication, and prayer is really that. It's just communicating with God. And I believe that if we want our 2021 to be better than 2020, then we need to start with the thing that really changed things. And so in this season of prayer, we invite in the church to do two things. The first one is pray for a miracle. And so think about something that, you know, you are struggling with, you're burdened with. Think about a, a friend or family member. Um, and, and just every day, multiple times a day, just pray for a miracle for that thing. The second thing we want you to pray for, we invite you to pray for, is to pray for this church, Pioneer Community Church. In 2021, we face some big decisions and, you know, um, about what the next chapter looks like. And um, so pray for, um, you know, the leadership team for guidance and direction and God's will to be done in our church, in his church as it's in heaven. Um, but also pray that these messages that you're listening to this sermon will actually reach and have a great impact on people. So 
there's one other thing, right? So we'd also like for you to accompany the prayer with fasting for either the entire 21 days or a portion of 21 days, unless you think, uh, you know, I'm thinking about um, kind of like no foods, like how am I going to do that? Well, um, I remember I said either a portion of 21 days or 21 days. And fasting is really abstaining from something your body really craves, something you like. So um, you can do multiple types of fasts. You know, you can do a selective fast where you deselect some foods, like take carbs out of your diet. But it's got to be something that you like, something you crave. You know, something it's like, oh, I got to have that. I got to have that. Some people it's sweets. Some people it's, you know, it's taking out... Um, well, whatever you want to take out, right? So Daniel fast, a selective fast. But there's also a partial fast where you can just cut out a meal, like, you know, a Jewish fast where you eat only during sundown hours. So there are many ones, and, you know, if you DM us or, or, or DM me or send a message to church, we'll give you some more information. Um, but the fact is that, you know, Jesus practiced fasting, and the disciples practiced fasting, and the reason why is that Jesus himself said it. So there are some things that are so big that it can only be accomplished by prayer accompanied with fasting. So what do you do when you fast? Well, every time you get hungry or you, you desire that thing, you just pray. And while we're on that topic, I'm just going to pause right now and just pray for us. Father, I just want to thank you for this opportunity to speak to your people out there, the people that you died for, the people that you love. Lord, I pray that, um, that, they will, that everyone will, during this time, really think about something that they need a miracle in their life on, Lord, and that you just show up in a mighty way. Um, uh, I pray, Lord, that their needs will be met, and, Lord, they'll have a testimony. Lord, for what you've laid in my heart, I pray that I just deliver it now, the way you intended, in, in your name I pray, amen. So last week, we began a series on prayer by talking about a pattern of prayer that we see throughout the Bible and why that pattern is a, is a, is a good pattern to follow. And so, you know, if I would think about like last week's message was on how to pray, like how to pray. This week's message is really on what to pray for. And I'm in the process of reading the Bible, reading through the Bible from start to finish if you've never done that, try to read through the entire Bible, I suggest that you try to do that, th that you do that. And, and um, because what, what will happen is that as you're doing that, you know, you'll, 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 you'll find some nuggets of truth as well as some outright revelation that will just jump out at you and speak to you on your situation that you're going through. Sometimes it even shouts at you. It's, it's, it's kind of like an amazing thing, right, that it just does that, and that's the, the beauty of the Word of God that's active and alive. But, you know, as you, as you read through it, and it's challenging sometimes because you'll just come up on some things that are just difficult to read. Um, it could be some old Jewish history or, or some old Mosaic law or, you know, and some, you know some, some of the old Mosaic law no longer applies because Jesus made them obsolete, um, when he came to earth and established his new covenant with us. But some of those things are hard to read, and it's just easy to scan all over, and it's just easy to skip on it, just like, uh, skip over that, Psh, I'm going to skip over that, Psh, I'm going to skip over that. And, you know, one of the things, though, that, that is really hard to read and easy to skip over in the Bible are genealogies. 
genealogies, if you read the King James Version, you can easily recognize genealogies because it always has the word begat. And begat means like you had a child, right? You know, and so it goes something like this, you know, and, you know, Tim begat John, and John begat Johnson, and Johnson begat Joanna, and Joanna begat Joe, and it just goes on with all these begat. In case you're wondering why all those begats are there, well, it's there for to establish history and to establish the credibility of the Bible and, and lineage. But in 1 Chronicles 4, we have one of those cases of the begats. It starts out, you know, in verse 1 and 2, it says, And the sons of Judah, Pharez, Hezron, Camri, and Hur, and Shobal, and Rhea the son of Shobal begat Jahath, and Jahath begat Ahumai, and Lahath begat you start reading it, you start to think, oh man, this, this is going to be one of those pages where you're talking about a bunch of begats. It's like, oh, time to skip. But right there in the middle of a bunch of begats, the passage pauses on one of the names in there. It pauses on a man named Jabez, and it, be, and it paused because of a simple but profound prayer he made. So, you know, you see all these begats, and you know, somebody begat Jabez, and Jabez prayed. And here's his prayer in, in First Chronicles 4.10. It says, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I'll be free from pain. And God granted his requests. And then it continues with some more begats. That I begat that, and that I begat that. And that. It's right there in the middle of all those begats. Just pause. So why would the writer of Chronicles in the middle of 600 names pause on Jabez? Well, I believe it's because this because of the significance of this little simple prayer by Jabez. Now, uh, you know, not much is known about Jabez other than this, right, right here in Jabez. But one of the things we know about Jabez is that his name had a very, <laughs> a very, uh, let's say, unique, bad, whatever you call it, meaning. Because his name literally meant pain. His mother named him pain because she had an, an incredibly difficult and painful pregnancy and delivery. I want you to imagine for a moment that your mother, or your father, your parents named you pain. Every morning when, when you would wake up, they would look at you and they'd go, morning, pain. Every evening, when they're going to bed, they're like, night, pain. Every time you did something they would, they, you, that they didn't like, they would say, you're such a pain. And, and sometimes they may say, they may even describe where the pain is. You're a pain in the neck. And every time your mother saw you, all you'd be would be a reminder of the pain that you cause her. But not only would it remind her that you are such a pain, 
it would also inadvertently impact how you see yourself because how many know that? And we all have a gravitational pull towards people's expectation of us. And that's why your words are so important, especially words that come from a parent. And, and this is not even the message here, but you know, not even the main part of my message, but my parents, I got to tell you, you got to know this. If you want positive outcomes from your children, you got to start with speaking positive thoughts over them. You got to start prophesying over them because your kids will live up to or down to your expectations or your perceptions of them. So speak words of affirmation over your children. Pray words of blessing over your children. Speak words of blessing not only over your children, but over other people's children. You know, um, I thank God for the people who did that for my kids growing up. Because, you know, my kids were not the most well-behaved Kids all the time, you know. I can't tell you how many times in PCC Kids Church they would get kicked out of Kids Church and uh, send them to go stay with their parents. And my, my second son, Matthew, he was like really mis mischievous and always fun-loving, but always causing a little trouble, doing little pranks. So he's just one of those kids. And, um, and I remember his, his teacher, I think she was in third grade, her name was Lorraine Tracy. Her daughter is actually singing on our, our worship team and her son, Sean. But she was his, his teacher and she's, she, like, she prophesied over him and she says, this man is going to be a great man of God. He's going to be a great preacher one day. And I'm still waiting for that. But I believe in that prophecy. I believe in those words of affirmation because people tend to live up to or down to the words. <laughs> anyway, back to our story of Jabez. See, Jabez would have arguably have some self-esteem issues with his pain name. But then we see Jabez praying. And it would be natural to expect that this would be one of the things that he prayed about. It's like, God, why do you give me this name, pain? Why do they cause so much pain? Everybody just looks at me and say, pain, here comes pain. Man, that guy's such a pain. No, 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 but Jabez's prayer wasn't about that. His prayer was, was a prayer of blessing, a prayer of expansion, a prayer of protection. See, in First Chronicles 4.10, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, and he says, oh, Lord, please that bless me. And the word bless means to bestow favor. See, if I bless my kids with some money, they get more money than they had before. They've been blessed with some money. When I bless them with love and affection, they get more love and affection than, than they had before. When the blessing comes from God, it's not only great it's super great it's not only because when i give blessing i give natural stuff but when god gives blessing he gives a supernatural blessing he gives supernatural favor and and it's it's oftentimes favor far above what we really deserve 
and favor far above what is naturally going to occur and favor more than the average person gets. And that's what Jabez started out praying for. And so you may ask, like, what's so special about Jabez's prayer of blessing? I mean, many people, right? Many people pray for blessing. I pray for blessing all the time, right? Every day, it's like, God. You know, the prayers of blessing is the first prayers most of us ever learn. As kids, you know, it goes something like this, you know, I, I remember doing this, remember my parents doing this for me as far back I can remember, did it with my kids. It goes something like this, God bless mommy, God bless daddy, God bless this food, God bless Auntie Grace, God bless Auntie Dion, God bless, hey, God bless, and, and it's always God bless. So what makes Jabez's prayer of blessing so special? Well, I think it's unlike most of our prayers that when we ask for God bless, it's, it's God bless something that benefits us, but, but you know, it's oftentimes what's in it for me. But Jabez's prayer was all about others. It was, Jabez was praying to be blessed so that he could be a blessing. And I talk about, you know, it's not like a prosperity gospel I'm talking about. But, but as I said before, and I'll, I'll say it many times, I believe that God has more in store for us than we could ever think, that we could ever imagine. I believe he has more blessing in store for us. And the reason why many of us don't get it is because, as I mentioned before, one, we don't ask, and, you know, or, or, or two, we, we ask with the wrong motives. In James 4, 2, 3, James, the same brother of Jesus there, he says, you don't have because you don't ask God. And when you ask, uh, you don't receive it because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend on getting your own pleasures. So if, if God thinks that you're asking the wrong motives, that you're going to get it on your own pleasures, it's all about me, this blessing that I want is me, uh, you, you, you won't get it. Uh, and sometimes God wants to give, us, give you more like financial blessings. He want to give you more money, but he's like, I can't give it to you because... Because you're just like so many people with the assumption that it's all for your own consumption. It's all for your own personal consumption. And that assumption is one of the reasons why God may not give you financial blessing. Because you think about all the stuff that you buy for you. But here's another reason when we ask, when we ask a mess. The reason is arrogance. You know, sometimes we like get in this thing like, well, I'm a good Christian. I'm a good person. I, I read my Bible. I, I, you know, I, I, I give money to the poor. Um, I, I serve a church. I, you know, I give to charity. Man, I even watch the Ten Commandments at Easter time. And, and, I, and I watch the sound of music at Christmas. And, and uh, you know, and I'm nice to people. And you know, I come up with all this thing. So, you know, whatever it is, you think I deserve some blessings from God. And when you get it, you're like, <laughs> I deserve it because I'm a good person. And God's going, uh-uh, 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 you're asking a mess again. So my question to you is that when you ask God for something, when you're praying for this miracle in this 21 days, when, when you're doing that, what really is the underlying reason 
Why are you praying for it? Is it blessed just to be blessed? Or is it blessed to be a blessing? You know, the next thing that Jabez asked for after he prayed for a blessing, he, um, in, in he cried out to God. It says, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, enlarge my territory, Lord. You know, Jabez was like, I know my life begin began with pain i know my life is characterized by pain i know all the people around me see me as pain and 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 i don't know that you know the things around me will change and and you know but 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 i'm not comfortable in where i am i'm not comfortable to live in pain uh, man, I'm not even comfortable to live a life of mediocrity. I'm not comfortable to live a life of average. I'm not comfortable to live in this existence. I'm not comfortable to live a life that's just good enough. I'm not about that life. You see, I want to live a life that is much greater than my pain. I want to live a life that's much greater than my circumstances. I want to live a life that's much greater than my natural abilities. I want to live a life that's much greater than anything else, Lord. I want to be more. I want to do more. I want to reach more. I want to, <laughs> Lord, I want to, you to enlarge my territory so, so big that I can't handle it. I want, my, I want so much Things to manage that I can't handle it. Because I need you. I want to be the point of dependence on you. Lord, I just want to use to be reach thousands. That's my prayer. Enlarge my territory. You know, when the, when the idea about PCC started about 20 years ago, I knew that I was shy. I knew that I wasn't a preacher. I knew that I was black. I knew that I was Jamaican. By the way, I'm still black. And I knew that I was Jamaican. I'm still Jamaican. Um, I knew everything about small churches. I knew things about small ministries. But I asked the Lord to enlarge my territory. I asked the Lord to allow me to reach not tens, not hundreds, not thousands, but thousands upon thousands from every race, nationality, and ethnicity. And there's nothing in my background that even indicate that's possible. When I first started working in corporate America, I had very little goals because of this average student, and I asked the Lord to give to enlarge my territory. And I'm still asking the Lord today, and he's done that, by the way. And I'm still asking the Lord today to enlarge my territory, make it bigger than I can handle it, so I need him to handle it. And what do I do? Every day, I prepare for it. Just ask the people who are around me. <laughs> I push harder. I, I push deeper. I, I, I study more. I learn more. I observe more. When it comes on to church, whether it's, it's about cameras and technical things and around staging and around, and around uh, 
audio engineering and around anything and around, you know, listening to multiple, multiple different sermons and preachers a week and stuff. I'm doing all of that because I want to be prepared for when my territory is enlarged and bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's why I do big, hairy, audacious prayers. Because what if he does? <laughs> you know, I realize that when it happens, I'll be in over my head. And when that happens, God will do it. And if God is doing it, it's, 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 um, it's much better than I could do it. So I'd much rather have much bigger than me so God can work within me and I can just clip back and just go along for the ride beyond my wireless expectations. You know, the third thing that Jabez prayed for, and you could say it's third and fourth all wrapped up into one, is that Jabez prayed for protection. In First Chronicles 4, 10, Jabez cried out to the Lord of Israel. He said, let, Lord, let your hand be upon me and keep me from harm. You see, Jabez knew something that we all inherently know. Jabez knew something that all of us have seen time and time again, and that is with increased blessings comes increased problems. With increased blessings come increased temptations. With enlarged territories, you become a bigger target. And the target is from the devil himself or from people. And we see it over and over and over again. And recently a pastor, you know, out in New York kind of fell from grace. And when I see it, I like think about it. And I'm like, man, he's like a mega church pastor. He has it all. But the devil has a target. And so Jabez's prayer was this. He's like, Lord, protect me so that not only will I be free from pain. He said that but I will also not be the cause of any pain or any more pain. The writer tells us that Jabez's prayer was so pleasing to God and um, that he was inspired to write it down in first Chronicles. So you kind of think about the writer, you know, that God gave him some thoughts and he's writing these begats and so-and-so begats, so-and-so begats, so-and-so. And then he gets to Jabez and God puts it in his head, like, you got to pause here. And the writer did two things. The first thing he did was he stopped everything to recognize a man that prayed a truly God-honoring prayer from a truly God-honoring your heart. And God was like, so-and-so, you know, this is God speaking, telling the writer, right? like, so-and-so begat, so-and-so, and so-and-so begat Jabez. Uh, hold on a second. Jabez, let's talk about Jabez. A man born of pain. A man who had bad circumstances. And here's what Jabez prayed for. Why don't you tell people what Jabez prayed for and how he prayed. So let's pause. And the second thing that God had the right to do in pausing on Jabez is he granted his request. 
you know, during this time of prayer, I want you to consider taking a page out of Jabez's book or Jabez's prayer, I should say, and follow this example by really praying for three things. Number one is pray for a blessing. And like I said before, I just believe that God wants us to have more. James himself tells us that, but we don't have because we ask amiss or we don't even ask. But he doesn't want us to have more. He wants us to have more so that we can be a conduit of blessing to others. He wants us to be blessing machines. So whenever I get something, I need to be thinking about how am I going to use that to bless others? And the fact is, I believe that God wants you to be blessed so much that you actually become great. That's <laughs> the blessings of Abraham. It says, I think it's Genesis 12 too, said, blessed, you know, Abraham's name was great and he was blessed to be a blessing. God wants you to become great, not for you, but so that you can be a blessing. So that's why he wants to bless you. But here's another prayer. A second thing I want you to pray out of prayers, Jabez's prayer book is to pray for influence. I want you to pray that God, all of us would do that, that God would, would, would stretch us, would stretch you to positively influence the things that are greater than you. And finally, the third thing that I believe that you should pattern or we should pattern from Jabez's prayers to pray for protection. See, when you pray big prayers like this, the devil knows that God wants to grant it to you and he wants to tear you down and he wants to come after you. And so you got to pray for protection because the devil doesn't play fear. He's not going to only come after your territory, but he's going he's gonna to put up roadblocks, roadblocks for you taking territory. He will not only come after your blessings, but he's also going to come after other things in your, life, in your life also. That's why Peter said this in 1 Peter 5.8. He said, be alert and a sober mind because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. But I like what Paul says in Romans 8. He's like, huh, the devil is trying to do that? The devil have all these schemes and all these wiles and all these stuff? Uh, Paul says, hold on. What shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? In verse 37 in Romans 8, he says, No, no devil. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We're more than conquerors. We pray for protection. God gives us some supernatural, more than conquering power. So as I close this time out, I just kind of want to pray for you. I want to pray a 
pray over you. Pray, Lord, I pray for each and every person listening that you'll just give them more than they need so that they can be a blessing to others, so that they can be a blessing to the world around them. Lord, show them your purpose for their lives so that they can live bigger lives than their own. Lord, be with them because what you've called them to do is greater than any one of them. Strengthen them. Protect them from every attack of the evil one. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, that prayer that I just prayed over you is a prayer that you should take and make for yourself. Those are big prayers. Big, hairy, audacious, scary prayers. But I believe that God wants us to make big prayers because he created each one of us uniquely and specifically to do big things. And even though big prayers are like scary prayers, I believe that whoever he calls, he equips. And he'll equip you with spiritual gifts, he equips you with natural abilities, or he equips you to the people he surrounds you with. And just like Jabez, where God granted his requests, I believe that God is going to grant your requests also. So go ahead. Pray. Big, hairy, audacious prayers. The last thing before I go. I want to tell you a big, hairy, audacious prayer. This is super big. It's a prayer that God will come into your life and control, take control of your life. It's a prayer that he always grants 100% of the time. In fact, he wants to grant it so bad that he sacrificed his son so that he could grant it to you. And so I want to invite you to pray that prayer right now. It's a prayer for Jesus to come into your life and to start a relationship with you. And if this is you, pray this prayer with me. God, thank you for dying for me. Lord, I know that you have big things in store for me that I want to live out through the power of your Holy Spirit. So Lord, please come into my life and take control of my life. And I commit to living for you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray that prayer, guess what? <laughs> the Holy Spirit is in you, equipping you to the big things. It's great being with you this week. God bless you. I'll see you next time.